Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Women Entrepreneurs Radio Show podcast slash podcast. We are here today with another great show, with another great guest that we are going to be interviewing. This You're going to enjoy this interview because the, our guest today is her, I like her perspective. Uh, she came from a small town and so she kind of uses that, that, that history, that that ability, that experience to bring that small town touch to her clients. And I love the reason why I love this. I was born and raised in suburbia and, you know, central California or northern California, the, the state capital. Right. So I, I was never raised with this. However, my husband was he was in a small town in North Carolina, was raised there and we've done comparisons of the feel between the two. So I'm really, I'm really looking forward to the show today to find out what our guest has to say about incorporating that small town feel into connecting with your clients and your audiences. So let me read you a little bit about our guest today. Our guest's name is Natalie Sisson, and Natalie believes everything she's needed to know to succeed in her career, she learned by growing up in a town, as a matter of a small town. As a matter of fact, there are only 600 people. As a certified professional coach, avid writer, and award-winning public speaker, she helps her clients and audiences make whatever they feel, whatever they are, feel like a small town. Though she enjoyed many successes, like many of us, Natalie had focused so much on accomplishing goals and caring for others that she'd lost track of her own dreams and important relationships. After finding a shoebox full of her childhood diaries, Natalie knew she needed to let the curious, ambitious, and optimistic little girl out. Her journey taught her that she has always been who she was meant to be, and so have you. So let her out, reclaim who you have always been, is the story of that journey. She lives in Dublin, Ohio now with her husband, Rob, She's a prof- who is a professor at Ohio State, and they have two children. So welcome to the show, Natalie. I'm very excited to be here and talking with you today. Awesome. I am, too. So I'm, I'm curious. Your story sounds very, uh, very interesting to me. Like I said, we had the, my husband and I had two very different experiences growing up. We oftentimes compare, you know, the handshake philosophy of doing business in a small town because everybody knows everybody and nobody's going to do 
do bad for anybody because it's a reputation as opposed to the big city. So let me let me just start off by asking you, what led you from growing up in a small town, what led you to have such a big dream to to build a big business? Like what led you to becoming a professional coach? It's, it's a long and twisting journey that we won't go all the way into today, but it does tie directly back to how you opened a show. It goes back to the fact of me sitting in a cubicle at a big company, you know, Fortune 100 organization, just going, how did I get here? <laughs> and wondering, you know, where did the girl from that small town uh, who then went to the biggest university in the country, started my career in Silicon Valley, made my way back home as we Ohioans do. I call us sea turtles. We, we all go off and do our thing post-college and we all make our way back home so our grandbabies can, can have a quick trip to grandma and grandpa's house. But it was when I was sitting in this corporate job going, I think there's more for me here. And being a, being a kid growing up in this tiny town, all I could do was dream. Like that was my daily, daily business as a small a kid in a small town was to dream. And I always knew there was something bigger. And so in 2015, over five years ago now, I hired my own coach. I'm sitting in this job, having had a great review, feeling like, you know, if I wanted to be in the C-suite of this Fortune 100 company, that was possible for me. But something just felt off. And so I hired a coach, and she said, well, what are things you enjoyed doing when you were a child that you're not doing anymore? And I said, speaking and writing. She, so she gave me a very simple, you know, a simple assignment as we coaches do, which is, okay, go do more of that. And so I figured out a way to build that into my life, but as I was building that, I said, there's, there's a theme to everything I write and talk about. So when I would be invited by the university or a local women's group to come in and give a talk, I always focused on Republic, Ohio, my town of 600 people where I grew up, because that's where I learned the leadership lessons that made me successful at a big organization and now make me successful as an entrepreneur. Those are the lessons of exactly what you said, of, of being okay with a handshake because everybody knows everybody's business and you're not going to, you know, you're not going to do wrong by another person. It's rolling up your sleeves and doing what's asked of you because you know it's the right thing to do, not because it's in your job description. It's rallying with people both when tragedy and triumph happen. These things happen in a small town in a way that, that I haven't experienced in my life post-Republic Ohio. And the reason I started Small Town Leadership was so I could hopefully infuse that into other organizations. That's very cool. Very cool. So you kind of described what it, what it was like going from, the, from small town Ohio to Silicon Valley, California. Very, very different. Being born and raised in California, I can understand that was probably quite the culture shock. But what has been a career-defining moment that can help other people think about their professional, you know, what their professional direct trajectory is, like where they want to go? <clears throat> Share with us yours. Yeah, the career-defining moment was back in 2015 when I was looking at the biggest check I'd ever gotten from a bonus, the best review I'd ever gotten, but there was still this emptiness and there was this desire to do more, be more, feel more, give more. 
And, you know, by all numbers on a page and metrics on a, you know, screen, like I was there, I, I was, quote, living the dream. So I think we have to really lean into those moments in our career when we do feel like we're sitting at the top of the mountain and really assess what's going on for us, because maybe that truly is our path and that's what we need to keep going. But in my case, I knew in my gut there was something more, there was something different, there was something other. And I simply had to be brave enough to go start going down the path to discover what that other could even be. Because for so many of us, we just stay on the path that is kind of laid out before us. We graduate high school, we go to college, we get a job. In my case, I went back to grad school to get my MBA. I got those different, you know, bigger corporate job, leadership positions, have the kids, you know, all the things that are happening. We kind of follow that path. Um, but at a certain point, people stop writing that path for you. And I think that's where I, where I hit in 2015. I was 35. So I think people now call that, you know, your quarter life or your third life crisis or something. And I was definitely not in crisis, but it was definitely that moment of exploration that needed to start to happen. So we really, you know, I encourage everybody I work with from a coaching perspective, anybody I'm, you know, the audiences I think about when I'm writing is, how do you define those moments for yourself and sit back and be reflective in them instead of pushing through the next thing on the to-do list? Yeah, I like that because for you, it was that, that you know, that thought process that happened to you in 2015, but it can be something different for every individual. It could be uh, a big life change in terms of health or family or uh, you were able to stay with your corporate job but some when you got pregnant, right? But some women opt to do something different. So it's going to be different for each and every one. And you have to kind of, is that something that you do is help your clients really kind of clarify what their defining moments are? Absolutely. I The, the clients I love working with the most are usually when a, a company will call me and say, hey, Natalie, we have this person and we think they're, you know, teetering. They might want to leave and go do something different. And we're so supportive of that. Like we, we are, we honor them. We want them to have the most beautiful career in life possible. And because of that, we want them to have an outside person talk to them and be their coach. So I'll come in as sort of an external coach and, and coach people. And almost every single one of those clients has ended up staying in their job because what they've realized is that the things that they are missing in their life have nothing to do with their job. So many people have just come to think that their job owes them their happiness. And as a coach, I flip the script on them. And we mm -hmm. talk about, okay, what can you do to bring happiness into your own life? And so I've had clients realize that, you know, I'm just not getting enough exercise or I really do love writing and I haven't been doing that or I need to spend more time with friends. Um, you know, I want to rekindle relationships that are happening in my life. So as a coach, I get a lot of satisfaction and almost, you know, being hired by a company to help their person show up at work more fully. And the way they get there is by honoring themselves and who they are inside. I love it. I really love it. Now, you quit your corporate job that you were great at, successful at during the middle of a pandemic. So what what made you want to do that, to take a leap during such a risky time? <laughs> oh, I love talking about this because everyone has such a different perspective, so I'll be curious to, take, to get your, your take on it. Um, 
So I, you know, I, I started my own company while in a corporate job, and I did that in 2016. So I knew eventually that I would go out and do my business full time. That was always my goal. And at the end of 2019, I like had the goal set. You know, I knew how much money I needed to have in the bank. I had all the systems set up. I knew you know, how to allocate time differently. And I had, I had a date set of when I was going to turn in my resignation letter. That date happened to coincide with the day that the governor of Ohio started shutting our state down. Wow. And so I, yeah, exactly. And so the morning that that was a quote, you know, I'm air quoting here, you can't see, but air quoting, like supposed to happen. Um, I, I remember I was finishing my morning workout and my husband was sitting on the stairs because his turn was next. And he just looked at me and he said, is today the right day to do this? And I, and I took that as like, this isn't happening ever. And I'm like, what do you mean? I just signed my first CEO client. I'm so excited. Like, this is huge. It's, it's got to happen today. And he's like, I mean, like, like this moment today in March, maybe like we waited out to see how bad this thing is really going to be. And so that's exactly what I did is I hung on. I did tell my team that I led that day that, hey, I, I intend to eventually resign my position. I just don't know when because of this whole pandemic thing. Um, but what happened is I think after speaking that out loud to people, I must have just put stuff out into the world because my side business started to grow very quickly in 20, early in 2020. I think people realized more than ever right then they needed to focus on themselves. And so as a coach to both individual and corporate clients, they were wanting to do that for people who wanted to hear my speaking message. They were eager to, to bring me on the virtual channel to do that. And it was one night while I was in the middle of writing my book, I, which I happened to do a lot of at midnight on Saturday, it's just like <laughs> must be my creative, my creative spark flies then. And, and I, it was the middle of June. So by this time I'm still in my job, March. So March had come and gone, April came and gone, May came and gone and sitting in my office, home office in June, you know, dim light from my little lamp that I didn't want to wake the whole house up while I'm writing. And I, I think I said out loud to myself, who quits her job in the middle of a global pandemic and the answer that came to me was someone whose dreams are greater than her fears. Mm, I like that. I and like that, that. And that has been my rallying cry for the last six months. It has been my dreams are so much bigger than my fears. And I think of myself as a knobby need, you know, toe-headed kid swinging on the play set in my backyard in Republic, Ohio, who had these big dreams. I just have to visualize that girl and just go after it every single day. Mm, I like that. So I'm assuming that this is part of what you do as a professional coach is help people to kind of go back to the basics and dig deep and figure out what it is they really, really want, as opposed to what they think they want based on the influence of life in general. Exactly. And that's where the book came from because I, you know, I had never, I did not intend to write a book this year. That was not part of this plan. That was not part of the business plan, like exiting corporate America. I've always known I wanted to write a book, but I didn't know it was going to be that book. And just events continued to unfold. And to your point, I realized that I just kept talking to more and more people about things that, you know, lit them up as a kid and things that, quote, she did that she doesn't do anymore. And the more I kept talking to people about this, I'm like, that's what that's what women need right now. We, didn't, we need to be reminded of that girl who 
you know, was on the swing set in her backyard, who went fishing and got muddy, who danced in her bedroom to the 80s greatest hits. Like that, in this moment of what our world is going through, like that is what collectively we women need to be reminded of because that's who I want to show up and talk, talk with at my next work conference. That's the person I want to get stuck by in a long line at wherever we're going to be in a long line again, right? Like that, you know, that's the person that I want to, I want to learn from and know about. And, and she's in all of us. And that's absolutely what I've, increasingly been working with my coaching clients on and it is amazing to see them do the things they're doing with their increased creativity and just a reminder that you know I am awesome and I don't need to apologize for that I can just go be be unapologetically me and the world my family my work my community are going to be better for it awesome I love it I love it now what do you feel for for women who might be listening here? What do you feel are the most important steps for them to take to reclaim that inner dream, to reclaim who they've always been, but maybe has gotten clouded or out of focus due to just life? Like, what's what's the most important mm-hmm. steps that need to be taken? It's so, so I'm going to do like, this is the cliff notes version of let her out. This is and because there are four steps and I believe we can all walk through these one at a time or like pick one area of your life. You want to go for these four steps on, but here they are. So the first and most important step is to remember her. And this is where I send, you know, the, the readers of the book or my coaching clients, I say, spend a weekend at your parents' house if you have that luxury to go through photo albums or dig up your high school or elementary school yearbooks. Uh, find those videos of you in that high school musical or that tap dance routine that you did when you were eight. Like, go remember her. Like, see her and look at her eyes and look at her, her the way she moves her body and just Look at how she's showing up in the world. So step one is remember her. And then step two is to reconnect to her. So step, step one is all about like the, the surface level. Like re- just remember and bring yourself back into some times when you were a kid. But reconnection is literally feeling her in your bones. So in my case, I, uh, and you mentioned this in the intro, I found all the diaries I've kept since I was eight. There is no better way to get yourself back in your bones than to write about every single teenage crush you had <laughs> growing up. <laughs> and so maybe you don't have diaries, but maybe you have other ways to really re- reconnect, to get back into the feeling of her, whether those are the, feel- the feelings of heartbreak perhaps, or just the feeling of elation or excitement that you remember feeling and that, you know, time you did the thing with your best friend that you didn't get in trouble for and you thought you would. It's just reconnecting to her viscerally. And then the third step, which is where I think a lot of us get stuck is uncover and then remove the barriers to her. So, and you, and you pointed this out when you're asking this question is what, you know, what does get in our way? And in the book, I talk about us building or having two different kind of barriers in our life. So one is an external barrier and this is something like time, money, access to resources, help, and I'm not gonna not gonna lie. 2020 has like been humongously barrier building, especially for women in these areas. We've we're seeing you know less money, less time, more responsibilities. So 
those are definitely hard external barriers, but there's still going to, there's going to be a time we're going to come out of this and, and remove ourselves from them. The other barrier is the harder barrier. And this is where as a coach, I work with my clients a ton. This is the internal barriers. That's the voice inside your head telling you you're not good enough. That's the barrier that you built because that one time you did the one thing and it didn't go right. And so forever and ever, amen, you're telling yourself that that's how it will always go. So it's getting really clear on what those barriers are for you and working through them with some different strategies that, you know, certainly are available and a lot of different um, avenues that I, I walk through in the book. So in the book, I talk about nine different barriers that I personally have faced and the, what those personal stories are, what that felt like going through them and how I worked through them. And some, you know, I'm still working through, we all have our baggage, we all have our things. And I, and I, I brought an honest account to that. And finally, the fourth and final step is to let her out. Because once we've remembered her, reconnected to her, and removed those barriers, like she's, she can be out in the world. And, you know, my arms are open wide right now. And just, you know, that's, that's kind of what I want people to embody right now is just the, the feeling of you standing arms wide open, like, here I am, world. Let's go do this thing. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I think – our our listeners can ha- are probably as they're listening to this feel some of it resonating with them. So often when I work with women entrepreneurs, they they there's all of those doubts, and so many of those doubts are those barriers, and they're they're oftentimes a little voice inside your head, right? They're not something that that is even a reality or tangible reality. It's just that it's that thought process. And if you, if those are the voices that can stop you from even knowing what you originally wanted in your life. So that's great. I love that process. I love that you work with people through that. Now, what's your, what is your vision for the world? Like literally where all of the women have decided to let her out. Like, what do you see what does that feel like? What does that look like? What does that sound like to you if all of the women leaders, especially out there, were empowered, our youth were empowered to, to not suppress that, but to actually move right into that as they're entering into their life? What, is that, what does that look like and feel like to you? Oh, my gosh. It, it looks and feels like it's so many things. And I actually asked this question to my group coaching group that I, that I put through this let her out process recently. And the answers they gave are beautiful. They're not at my fingertips, but I'm like envisioning that moment where someone was like, it's like a meadow, a meadow of fresh grass with full of blooming flowers. Like, so that's, so that's, that's not my answer. I'll get to my answer, but, but like, you know, I think this is where once again, we have to put ourselves in our body and think about that. What would a world, what would the world be like if all the women were let out? Now I have two girls, they're ages eight and 11. And so I feel like I am seeing them before the world has told them to take a step back. So I'm literally living with two little women who have, they don't know at a world where they aren't let out. And I want our world to be a place where they keep showing up like my Mary Beth and Katie, where they're, my youngest is very competitive and she loves to win. And I think for many women, we all remember that time when all of a sudden it wasn't okay to brag about winning. It wasn't okay to hold up that trophy and be like, yes, I won this. And she is still in that moment. So I want women to hold those trophies and be like, yes, this is my trophy and I earned it. 
because guess what? We both know that the woman who earned that trophy is then going to help another woman behind her earn her trophy because that's just how we're wired to do that. So I want a world where we're holding up our trophies, we're taking our prize home, we're being proud about it, and we're ready to move on and, and say, what can, what next bigger thing am I going to do? It just to me, it also feels like this collective exhale. I feel like as women, we have been holding our breath for so long because we're we're biting our tongue in meetings. We're not maybe putting out the, the full product we want to in our business because of those barriers, because those voices in our head. And all of a sudden, when we decide to let her out, it's literally this collective exhale that says, I'm just going to be me. I'm going to own it. I'm going to step forward. And with everything that comes with it, the haters that might come with it, the lovers that might come with it, and more than anything, for our daughters to see us doing it because then they will keep doing it and we won't have to have, they won't need to read this book in 20 years. I love it. I absolutely love it. Such a great message that you are bringing out. And uh, I want, we don't have, I need to be sure that we connect people or have people be able to connect with you. So if, if someone's listening to this and they're interested in your book or they're interested in talking with you, how is it that they reach you? I'm pretty easy to find because I'm the only Natalie Siston, S-I-S-T-O-N. So find me on all the socials. I hang out mostly on LinkedIn and Instagram. So Natalie Siston on both those places. And then Small Town Leadership and LetHerOut.com are the places to connect to my work and my book. Awesome. We will have those up on our show page. So if you are driving and listening to this or you're not in a position to write it down immediately, just go to the show page and those links will be there for you. Well, Natalie, thank you so very much for being on the Women Entrepreneurs Show today. I really appreciate it. Great story. And I love your mission. I love what you're doing uh, to help, especially in the corporate sector. You know, I work a lot with corporates and it's, it's so needed in that sector. And that just, it just gives really, really good role models for the next generation coming up. So thank you very much for being on the show today. You're welcome. And I appreciate everything you're doing for all the women entrepreneurs in the world. They need you too. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do it together. We'll do it together. That's right. All right. right. Sisterhood. (laughs) You got it. All right. Well, once again, if you want to connect with Natalie, then just check out the show page. We'll have those links there. You can just go directly. It'll, click you right over to her LinkedIn profile or her Instagram or any of the, her websites there. So that'll be a great way to connect with her. And if you want to stay connected with women entrepreneurs, I really encourage you to please join our group on Facebook. Women entrepreneurs extraordinaire is the group like the page, join the group because that's where we support each other. I am perfectly open to people posting about who they are and what they do and sharing their wisdom. One of my passions and one of the things that I really want people to do is if they hear an interview like this, if they've read a great book, if they have seen something or heard something that they think is going to empower someone else, another woman in the community, then I want them to share it. And that's the place I'd love to have you share it. Also think about becoming a paid member with Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire for just, well, it's only $10 a month for the next couple of days because it's going up to 25 or $10 a year for the next couple of days in 2021, it's going up to $25 for a yearly uh, membership in our directory. And that gives you all kinds of SEO and get you clicked over, get your information on our site and it'll directly direct people to your site. Great way to improve your 
your how people find you, your reputation, your bio, all that kind of stuff to be a member of the Women Entrepreneurs on that level. If you are an expert, we are putting together a team of 24 dynamic women who we are going to be here to support every other woman it, with monthly workshops and monthly things that will help women to advance and build their goals, become what they want to do, and build their business to what they want it to be. So think about joining us as an expert if you are an expert. Shoot me an email at info, I-N-F-O, at womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com. That is our website, womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com. And you can shoot me an email at info at, and that is all plural. Okay, so women entrepreneurs with an S extraordinaire. I know it's a mouthful, but it's a great place to go. So drop in and see us. If you have any questions, if you think, if you have someone that you think would be a great interview on the Women Entrepreneurs Podcast, then again, shoot me an email at info at womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com. Stay connected with us on all the social medias. Those links are also on the show page. And until next week, I want everyone to simply enjoy every moment.